Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. So I'm nine weeks away from having a baby in my arms rather than in my belly. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting for us. We're not quite sure what we're excited about because this will be our first kid. Um, but we're probably in for some surprises. Uh, and uh, in, in uh, August, are we in August right now? Yeah, okay. Look, I have to say these things because my brain pregnant. Sometimes things don't connect. So we're in, in, in earlier in the year, uh, we took a holiday earlier in August and we went to Queenstown in New Zealand. Anyone been? Oh, praise the Lord. It is amazing down there. Mountains and epic, epic landscape and snow and rivers. And it's incredible. We went down there uh, and we go there every year. And uh, often when we go on these holidays, my husband's a bit of an explorer and adventurer. So we will usually put in our budget a few things uh, to ensure that we get to do some adventurous type things. And of course, I'm still getting used to the fact that I'm pregnant Um, and I'm stubborn. So in our planning for our holiday, um, I'm I'm saying, well, of course I can go whitewater rafting. (laughs) What do you mean? Of course I can go luging, which is like, you know, like just a wooden go-kart, go really fast down a hill. Uh, Of course I can do that. What are you talking about? And uh, and my, my husband, Ben, he's like, um. No, you, you can't. And I'm like, don't tell me what I can and can't do. I'm a woman. I can do whatever I like. And he was like, um, you just, okay, you can't. But, um, and then I was like, well, I'll, yeah, I want to go skiing. What do you want to do? But I want to go skiing. And my husband's like, um, okay. okay. And so we get down there and I suddenly realized my husband, he, we have to have like six or seven conversations, conversations about um, what I can and can't do. And, uh, and then he's like, he's like, I'm not trying to control anything. And in the end, what he had to do is go to all of these, the, like the websites. And then he had to show me their health and safety policy. And then he had to show me pregnant people not allowed. He's like, they will not let you. It's not me. <laughs> He's like, they will not let you get on that thing. They will not let you do that. And I was like, oh, okay. So what do we do? So we went for walks. And we took some photos. And of course, I'm still getting used to the fact that there is a new season coming. Right? And although the way that I lived life before was awesome, if I'm not careful and if I don't change my approach, I am going to miscarry the new season. If I am stubborn in my ways, the ways that I think, the way that I understand, the way that I act, the way that I problem solve, the way that I see life, if I'm not careful, I won't be able to receive the new season that God has for me. And for this church, for us, I believe that we are in a space of a new season. It's a new season. It's a new day. God is doing something new. And look, the way we used to do life was fine. It was fantastic. In fact, it's good. It got you to where you are today, but it's not going to be helpful for your new season. 
There is a new set of, of, of behaviors, a new set of thinking, a new, a new set of a, a, approach in order that we might be taken from one level to another in God. And so if you're looking for a title for this message, it's called Level Up. Level Up. Yeah, anyone? Anyone? Yeah, yeah, okay. One person. Me and you, okay. And so the, uh, this, this evening, I pray, and, and the, the word this evening is really what it is to level up, because I believe God is calling all of us into a new level, into a new space, to say, come on, what you've experienced is awesome, but God's got more. He's got more for you. He's got more for your family. He's got more for your future. He's got more for your children. He's got more for your workplace. He's got more for your career. He's got more for you. Anyone excited about that? Yeah, yeah, good times, good times. I hope so. Some of you guys are like, oh no, I'm pretty, pretty happy with not much. Right? No one says that. No one says that. If most of the time we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm keen. I'm good for more. And so, uh, you know, tonight there's a bit of an urgency in my spirit around this leveling up. There's an urgent, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that we all need to do this tonight. And I believe that the time is now. Now's not the time for hesitation. Now's not the time for double thinking, second guessing. Because I believe that in each person here, God's given you some sort of desire, some sort of dream, some sort of idea. And he's saying, come on, come on, it's time to level up. It's time to go to a new level in Jesus' name. Okay, so we're going to turn in our Bibles and we're going to go to the book of Ruth. Okay, that's on page 219. Good. I'm, I'm kidding. Look in your contents if you don't know where it is. Well, some of you guys, are just, just click on it, okay? Um, uh, go, go, go to Ruth, and here we're going to see what it is. And I, there's just a few things that I want to share with you all tonight about what it is to level up. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready to level up? Turn to the other person and say, are you ready to level up? Turn back to the other person and say, let's go. Level up. Turn back to the other person. Say, let's go. Level up. Okay, cool. Awesome. So we're going to level up tonight. Uh, and, and most of us here will know the, uh, the story of Ruth. And so I'm just going to pull a few things out of this story. And you know what I love about Ruth? Because um, this morning I talked about Joseph. Now, Joseph was awesome. He ended up, because of his faithfulness, he ended up, uh, leading a whole nation. Uh, you know, Ruth, because of her faithfulness, she didn't end up leading a whole nation. But she did end up just affecting her family. And it's really important that one is not better than the other. It's important. It's important that we understand that one might be called to affect a nation, but that's not more important than one who was called to influence just their family. And in fact, as Ruth did that, unknowingly, she generationally blessed the whole earth simply by being faithful to God and just, and just being leveling up just for my family. Because of that, through her lineage came King David. Through her bloodline came our Savior. That's Ruth. She's legit. Okay. So 
Let's go to uh, chapter 1 and verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab. Say Moab. Taking his wife and two sons with him. Okay, so the context of this whole uh, story of Ruth's story is that there was a, there, 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 there was a man who lived... Um, in Israel, in, Jude, in, in Judah, and where he lived, there was a famine, and that famine caused him to leave home and go to a place called Moab. Because that's humanity, correct? When we're in a place and it gets hard, our humanity will say, let's get out of here. I, I don't want to be here anymore. And it will, oh, sometimes it will just cause us to move from that place and go to another place. The question is, where do you go? And so they, this man, his name was Elimelech, and he chose to go to a place called Moab. In Jeremiah 48 and verse 11, Moab is described as the place that doesn't require change. So he leaves the place where there is famine and I can't control what's going on in my family. I can't control whether we have food or not. I can't provide. So now I'm going to get everyone. We're going to get up and we're going to go to a place that's comfortable because it doesn't require change. Moab, in fact, was the encampment that the Israelites were at before they took the promised land. It's the place just before the promise. And so they uplifted themselves because of challenge. They uplifted themselves and took themselves backwards to the place just outside of the promise. But at least here I can control things. But at least here I can take care of things myself. But at least here I can be comfortable. But at least here it doesn't require me to change at all. At least here, there is comfort. And so if you're taking notes, point number one is that if we're going to level up, we need to level up and move. We've got to move. Because we all have places in our lives that we might be able to call Moab. The place that doesn't require change. We all have places where we are settling, yeah? We all have places where we possibly could. We possibly could go out and, and believe God for more, but I'm good. I'd rather be here and I would rather be comfortable. The thing is, comfort and convenience don't live in the same place as the call. They can't coexist. Comfort and convenience they don't exist in the living out of the call of God. It doesn't mean you can't grow in Moab. It doesn't mean you can't progress in Moab. But it does mean you will never be able to access the fullness of God's promise for your life. So you could settle there. You, you, you could if you wanted to. You could have your family there. You could live under the tyranny of mediocrity. And the everyday average, you 100% could, but you won't access 
all that God has for you. It's time to level up and get out of there. It's time to get out of Moab. So the question is, or the question I want to put to you tonight is where do you need to move in order to experience the fullness of what God has for you? Where do you need to move? Where do you need to move? And so it carries on in verse 14. Um, we, uh, we know what happens is that eventually Elimelech and his two sons dies and they leave uh, behind uh, his wife Naomi and two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And in the end, Naomi says, well, what are we going to do? We may as well just go back to my home in, in, in Judah and hopefully they'll be able to receive us there. So in verse 14, again, they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Don't you love that? I love that. She clung tightly to Naomi. And I love that because she says to, she says to Naomi, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. I'm a go wherever the call is. I've now learned about the God of Israel, that he's redeemer, that he is the lover of my soul, that he is protector and provider. And I don't understand what's going on, but if you go, I'll go. And so Ruth moves, but Orpah doesn't. And she stands on the brink of her breakthrough and she says goodbye. And do you know what? I'm going to be quite honest. It's a loving God that gives us that choice. It's a loving and kind God that says, you have the choice. You can stay behind if you want. Or, come on, you can move. Come on, come forward. Come on, move. Come on, move out of the place of settling. Move out of the place that doesn't require change, where everyone thinks the same as you, talks the same as you. Come on, move out and dare to go to to some new territory. Dare Dare to surround yourself with some new people. Dare to surround yourself with a new region in Jesus' name. So number one is that we've got to level up and move. Okay, number two, uh, in chapter two and verses one to three, they move to Bethlehem and they meet a a man named Boaz. Say Boaz. Boaz. Very good. And uh, they went out to the harvest fields to pick up some grain. And um, Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. What are the chances? I know that might not mean much to you, but the chances that she would pick a random field to work in that happened to be owned by a relative is, uh, is, a, bit of, is a bit more than a coincidence. Uh, here's, here's the cool thing. Uh, you know, in the, in the Hebrew language, there's no such word as coincidence. It doesn't exist. Isn't that cool? There's no such thing as a coinkadink. <laughs> right? Because if there was, then there would be such a thing as things happening outside of God's control. Yeah. And God's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that would happen. <laughs> but that's not God, that's humanity. But everything that happens is under the sovereignty of God. All the good, all the bad. So when this happens, God is organizing things. And that's what happens when you move. That's what happens when you level up. God begins to organize and strategize things 
that you don't even know about. And it's so incredible. So she's working in this field. And as she worked hard, she found favor with the field owner. Catch this, verse 17. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. Say all day. And when she, and then she would beat it out, beat out the grain that evening, say that evening, and it would fill an entire basket. So Ruth would gather barley all during the day, and then at night she would beat out the barley, and then she would take it home to her mother-in-law. Do you know what I love about Ruth? Her sister worked all day and all night. How's your work ethic? <laughs> Yeah, if we're going to level up and move, I pray and I pray you receive this challenge well. I pray you would level up in your work. And you would understand that God has done all the work that needs to be done on the cross. But that doesn't mean we just get to sit pretty. But actually, there's things in front of us that we need to be working every day and every night. Here's the question. Is there something that you work on every day and all night? Probs not. When you when you when you go to work, do you and then come four thirty, five o'clock, knock off. Oh yeah, that's done. Anyone? You can be honest. Come on, you guys are lying. You're like, come on, come on, come on. Who who clocks out? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not gonna you know growl you or anything. Because that's, that's, that's life, right? We have like eight hours a day I'm going to work. Eight hours I'm going to play and eight hours I'm going to sleep. And that's how we live our life. But there was something inside of Ruth that says outside of, that, of the organized pay, I work and I serve. And I believe that what I'm called to do matters. So it's something, oh man, it's something that's going to keep me up at night. It's something that's going to wake me up in the morning and get me going. I pray that you would be people who would work hard. I think sometimes we wonder in our lives why things aren't working. And then often when that happens in my life, this is the question I ask myself. If it's not working, have I thrown everything I've got at it? Have I? If there's a relationship breakdown and it's not working, have I really given my whole self to ensure that I've done everything possible to make sure this relationship can be restored? Most of the time the answer is no. Why? Because I'm proud. Why? Because sometimes I choke on the words, I'm sorry. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see some hands like, yeah, look, that's me. But I pray that we would be those people who would throw everything ourselves at it. I pray we would work hard. I pray we would worship. I pray there'd be something in our lives that we would devote ourselves to. I pray that we would pray and fast for our families. Do you know how many young people, how many young adults I speak to? And they, they, uh, they, they might come and chat with me. Kester, can we have a coffee? Yeah, sure thing. Long as you buy. And we'll sit down and they'll tell me what's going on in, in, in their life. The challenge, and I'll ask them some questions. Most of the time it goes like this, okay. Um, Have you prayed? (laughs) And you'd be surprised how many times it's like, um, nah, I just wanted to rant. And I want you to fix it. And sometimes they'll say, yes, I have prayed. 
And then, another, then I will go, awesome, awesome, so you've prayed. Um, have you fasted? Uh, no. Or do you want an answer or not? Do you know? I, I pray that we would work on the things that God has put in, in front of us. Come on, what has he put in front of you? What is it? Is, is it your family? Is it your home? Is it your children? I pray that we would be those who would work all day and all night to see God do something in that space. Why? Why? Because God's not a, um, I'm just going to roll the dice and see what happens kind of God. He got, uh, let me say this, that God is a for sure thing. Musos, you can come on up. I want to say that God is a for sure thing. He is a guaranteed, definite I am. That's God. And when God said to Abraham in Genesis 22, he said to Abraham, I swear I will bless you. I swear I will give you all that I have promised. I swear it. There was no chance about it. There was no maybe God will, maybe God won't. Why do you think Abraham even had the kind of confidence where he could sacrifice his own son? Why? Because God is a for sure thing. And because God is a for sure thing, I'm happy. I'm happy to work all day and all night. My husband has to like, used to calm down and go to sleep. And I'll, I'll be in my bed with my laptop. No. My husband, you almost banned me from taking my laptop on holiday. But I'm like, but I love it. I love what I do. I love serving people. I love the Word of God. It's hard for me not to work all day and all night on it. It's hard for me not to consider the people around me. It's hard for me not to pray for my team. It's hard for me not to pray for my family. It's hard because I because God's a for sure thing. And He said to me, I'll give you everything I've promised. So I'm happy to work. I'm ha- and, and please understand me, I've only been on staff at my church for three years. Right? I've not been on staff for like 10, 12, 15 years. Ever. Prior to the three years that I've been on staff at church, I've been the same thing, working. I've been at work. Full-time university student, but at work. Full-time serving somewhere else, and I'm at work. And so I pray that we would level up and we would work. And the last, oh my gosh, the last one. In Ruth in chapter three, we see what happens. Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time I found a permanent home for you, so you'll be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours. He's been very kind by letting you gather grain with other young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath, put on perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I see some of your faces. Like, that sounds weird. Does anyone, does that sound weird? Can I say, it is? That's weird. And uh, I, I, I tried to research, right? Because you guys know how much I like to research. 
So I tried to research and look for some deep meaning. And the deep meaning I found was when it says, be sure to go notice where he lies down, then go and uncover his feet. That phrase in Hebrew, um, the, the feet situation, that's the same phrase they would use to describe a, the private parts. So it's weirder than you think. Right? Just what I said this morning, forget TV, I'll read the Bible. What is going on? That's nasty. And so we don't know, literally commentaries, they don't know whether it was his actual feet or something else. They don't know. They're like, oh, it could be his actual feet, who knows? And I try, I try to find commentaries. And look, the point is, <laughs> the point is, that was risky, man. That is risky. And here, here we look, let me just let's clear this up. I'm not giving you all permission to be nasty. I am not. I am not saying that you should be risque. But I'm saying we do need to level up in how we risk. Because for a Hebrew woman in those days to do something like that, you were risking your reputation. You were risking your purity. And if people found out that you did that and it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out, you would be on the outskirts of society forever. There's no way you're gonna be taken care of. You would be discarded. Shame would be on you. Shame would be on your family. And so the point of what's going on here is there was a leveling up. Ruth would have been listening to her mother-in-law going, have you lost your mind? But you got to understand there's a difference between a risk of faith and just plain stupidity. But the risk that Ruth took was a risk to be in greater relationship with her Redeemer. That was the risk. It wasn't the risk of reputation. But do you know what? I'm happy to put my reputation on the line if it means that I can be in greater relationship with the one who can save my life. That's the point. That's the point of what's going on here. There was a level up in risk. And I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like to have a risk in front of you. Come on, I know what that feels. I'm the, I'm the daughter of a of a family that grew up with violence and domestic abuse. I am brown and I am female. And I am aware of all of the stereotypes and all of the statistics. And it, is, it was a risk for me every time to step forward and say, yep, God, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'll give it a go. It's a risk for me to sit down with my Pacific Island father and have a frank conversation about the way we were brought up. It's a risk every time. But if it means that in this risk of faith that I can get closer to the Redeemer of my life, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm, I'm willing 
And so tonight, I pray that for the new season, I ask you the question, what's the next risk you're gonna take? When's the last time you took a faith risk? When's the last time you took a faith risk? When's the last time you put your money where your faith was? When's the last time you put your time where your faith was? When's the last time you took the risk? Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.